right now. Realizing I watched a lot of uh, television with the youngsters back in the day. How about that? I'll say it again. That cab driver in Bucherrios, Mexico, when he said, Senor, you're Espanol. Mucho bueno. Why is that? I said, uh, Dora the Explorer. <laughs> That's right. I learned so much Spanish. I got to brush up on my Spanish, though. <laughs> yes, you do. Come estas. Una mas, por favor. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to uh, what we affectionately call a Flame Tech Football Friday. Don't mind me. I was just sharing the show on Facebook and uh, tweeting where everybody can join us on Game Plus Television all across Canada on, uh, in 10 provinces and in the United States in 31 states. Telus Optic TV in British Columbia, by the way, carrying us. If you're watching in BC, it's a very big day for you. It's a, it's a very big football Friday overall. Wally Buono, the godfather, will be joining us today. And uh, producer Clark has said that Wally is logged in and ready to go. The man always prepared. Looking forward to chat with uh, Coach Buono. Rick Campbell, the current head coach of the BC Lions, is going to be joining us coming up in hour two. And this is a very interesting story, but former NFL quarterback turned actor Jake Plummer will be joining us on the program today, along with producer Chris Bickford, because Jake Plummer is starring in Chris Bickford's film, The Kick, and they'll both be with us later on today. So while we will get into hockey talk here in a moment in the Quick Six Show topics, that's a pretty good football lineup, Moose. I'd say it's a great football lineup. I mean, and that's what this is, Football Friday, even though hockey's on a lot of people's minds, top of mind today, and we'll get into that. But yeah, it's a great lineup. Good job, Clark. Uh, And as I sit here and talk, something just jogged into my mind about football that I want to discuss. So I'm adding it to my Quick Six. The comments are coming in already from John Ohm in Winnipeg. Um, Wally equals CFL royalty. Absolutely not. Sorry, not that. Habs, he is. Sorry. <laughs> Bob Marier <laughs> logged in, and he's already got me off my game. He just wrote and said, Habs sweater? In my mind, it immediately went to, absolutely not. <laughs> Everybody's laughing on the other side of the wall. Sorry, Wally. Bob. <laughs> I'm wearing orange today, not because of the BC Lions. You know why I'm wearing orange today. Every child matters. It's because of the Cowess' First Nation, all the unmarked graves that were found, well, announced yesterday. Uh, That's why I'm wearing orange today. It just so happens to be that it's a big BC Lions day. Dope! Way to go, Bobby! Got me off my game. And actually, that's a good way to jump into the Quick Six show topics, please, Director Jordan. Now that we got the sound effects going. So we're going to start off with hockey here, and then we'll come back around for football for the rest of the show. For those that don't know, Bob Marier is my mentor, sober coach to the stars, of which I'm a sober coach too, but Bob's the guy that got me into it, and uh, he's a huge Habs fan, and, and his name's going to come up here in a moment. Montreal eliminated the Vegas Golden Knights last night, 3-2 in overtime. They take the series in six. They move on to the Stanley Cup final, and I'm okay with all of that. And I was watching SportsCenter this morning, and the panelists were saying that the TSN turning point for the Habs was their Game 5 win against your Leafs, Moose, when they scored in overtime on that Suzuki Caulfield 2-0 goal. And uh, whatever. Here's the TSN turning point in this series for Vegas and Montreal, it was Marc-Andre Fleury's gaff at the end of Game 3. It was. Because the Knights weren't the same after that. They would have gone up 2-1. They went down 2-1. Then they were chasing the rest of the series. So as much as I love the flower, and I really do love the flower, 
that cost them the series. So we will have to, uh, as, as a Vegas Knight fan base, take that into the offseason and think about what went wrong. But the thing with Bob and all you people that are Habs fans, and by the way, Wally Buono raised the Montreal probably includes himself in those Habs fan group. Like Bob's texting me last night saying, you have to be from Montreal to understand what this means. I'm like, you guys aren't the only people who cheer for the hometown team that's long-suffering. Do you know what I mean? Right. And, and, and that's great. But you beat my team. Just keep that stuff to yourself. And that's not sour grapes. I don't think it is. Is it coming across as sour grapes? Why well, is everybody up in my face about I, Montreal winning this thing? And I don't understand how great it is. Because it's so public, your love for Vegas is different than everybody else. You know, and it's everybody wants to have fun with it. I think for the most part it was fun. But, you know, I've seen some personal growth. I was telling you about it in the morning meeting. I'm getting texts from people saying, it's the Leafs time now. You know, this is so wonderful. It feels so good. I'm like... What? Who are you? Why are you texting me like this? Yeah. This is totally off character. But I'm like, I'm seeing personal growth in, peop- in some people. And other people, you're not seeing any personal growth because it's like, yeah, suck at Vegas. Yeah, suck at Toronto. Oh, and it's like, nah, the postgame trash talk, I'm not here for. Not cool with. Not cool with it. Um, Joe Lazito is watching in Long Island. And he says, Rod, you've weathered many storms in your life. Today will be a storm of gnats annoying you. Repeat after me. Let's go, Islanders. And that's point two in our quick six show topics here is game seven tonight, Islanders versus Tampa Bay. And it's our poll question. Let me call this up right now for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center today. Vote right now on Twitter and Facebook. Who wins game seven tonight? 63% on Twitter are saying the New York Islanders. And it looks on Facebook like it's a lot more 50-50. But we're all going to be watching tonight. Somebody is calling the text line. Don't do that. 306-840-8777 is the Prairie Mobile text line. Prairie Mobile is your authorized SaskTel mobility dealer. I keep hitting decline and they keep calling. Don't call the text line. Point three to those CFL points that I wanted to get to. One, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to welcome double vaccinated fans only to their games here this summer. I saw that headline on 3downnation.com and thought, good, I hope every team follows this policy. And then I made the ill-fated mistake, Darren, of going into the mentions. Ooh. I can't believe the furor and the outcry from fans that are bitching about the Blue Bombers wanting you to have both your vaccination shots, which incidentally, I got my second yesterday, which seemed fine, but now I can't lift my arm today. I was going to say. I'm sure I'll be okay. Yeah. But... What's the problem with this? What did you expect? People feel it's an infringement on their human rights. No, the Blue Bombers can do whatever they do. I'm pretty confident they can get 33 to 34,000 people in there with people that are fully vaccinated. And I'm not telling people to get vaccinated at all. I'm saying I did it. And if you think that's cool, then go do it. But just like John Chick's getting stuff thrown at him, my good friend John Chick for being anti-vaccine, because that's his opinion, I'm not telling anybody to do anything, but this is what I'm doing because I want to get the world back to normal and I want to go to sports and I want to play. Do whatever you want. Winnipeg Blue Bombers are doing what they want and they're welcoming only double vaccinated fans. And I should get your your take on that. Yeah, I think if, if that's you know the direction they want to go, I think it's great. I think there's going to be more than enough double vaccinated people in Winnipeg and Manitoba to fill that stadium. I don't right. think it's an issue. And... 
you look at when you decide not to get the vaccine, which is your choice, nobody's forcing you, but these are the things that come along with it. You know, and me and one of my best friends were having this conversation. He went to Brazil three, four um, years ago. Um, he went to Brazil. And if you don't have the yellow card for the vaccination, they don't let you in the country. Yeah. And that's, you know what? You don't have a right to go if you make that choice. You know, I Paul, I thought it was next segment with Wally Clark. I didn't realize. We're bringing Wally in now? Good. Well, let's do it. I'm sorry, Wally. I thought we had you booked for 9.20 a.m. I apologize, Wally. Welcome to the program today. How are things out there in Vancouver? Well, they're good, and uh, it was interesting to uh, listen to you guys talk about the vaccine because, you know, it is what it is, and some people feel differently than other people, and I think you have to be uh, understanding that everybody has their own views and their own opinions, but, you know, there are consequences, as we all going to see. Well, and so you've kind of been part of that campaign, right? Going back a year. It's been a very long year. You actually came on this show wearing a mask, I think, the last time you were on. So <laughs> what, what, uh, what do you have a message to Canadians or CFL fans? I, I don't see why this is so difficult, Wally, for people to understand. Well, you know what? I, I think it's uh, you have to always try to understand the other person's point of view and uh, you know, I've gotten uh, my two shots and, uh, you know, I feel good about it. My wife got it and, uh, you know, my whole family's uh, going to get vaccinated because that's what they want to do because they want to get back to a normal life. And, uh, you know, there's conditions to everything and there's choices. And uh, we live in a country where you can make those choices. So, you know, if an if a organization or a company sets a policy, you got to uh, adhere to it. Uh, you know, that's no different than other things. So, you know, uh, kudos to the Bombers for, you know, stepping out and uh, being the leader because it, it, it then helps, I think, all the other eight clubs to try to stay with the same policy so it's consistent for all the teams. I couldn't agree more, and I'm surprised that more teams haven't followed suit, but I'm guessing in the next few weeks we're going to hear similar things with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I, I uh, applaud them as well. i got to ask you this, though, Wally, because I, I had another point here. I guess it's July 24th. The Rough Riders and Blue Bombers are going to play in a controlled scrimmage here in Regina. Details are forthcoming. It looks like the BC Lions are the odd man out. Nine teams. <laughs> you, you get it how would you feel if you were coaching the uh, the lions and you weren't able to have a controlled scrimmage when everybody else is well you know what uh, you, you got to accept what it is there's nine teams uh you know the uh, lions are on the wrong side of the mountains and uh, it's uh you know so it's, do it internally uh we i've done that you know for years and years where we'd have an internal scrimmage uh, treat it just like a game uh, with officials, with the clock, uh, you know, even fans uh, at that time, uh, you know, so you can assimilate that. Obviously, when you go against another team's uh, roster, it makes it a better uh, evaluation process. But, you know, the, the scrimmages are not always about evaluating the player. It's also about evaluating the coaches, uh, you know, getting them ready for, you know, how to put things in place, uh, getting your video team all set up uh, and making sure the players understand the procedure. A lot of the American kids who have come up, they don't know the three downs. They don't know the speed of the 22nd clock. They don't know a lot of things. So when you do a, a, a function like that or want to call it a scrimmage, it, uh, it helps them not only physically, but also helps them to be prepared to play the game. 
You know, i got to ask you this, Wally, because when I got into the CFL covering it, Cal Murphy was our head coach in Saskatchewan. I'd been a fan many years before that, but it was two-a-days, two hours per practice split, full pads <laughs> and contact to what it is now where you know, Chris Jones was the coach my last year with the Riders. It was not even take him to the ground. It was touch football in a controlled green and white scrimmage. And every team was the same, I think. How did it and why did it move away from what it used to be? Well, we used to have it to when uh, we had the rookies. It was full contact. When we got the veterans, it was, uh, as you say, it was more of a thud drill, but at full speed. And I, I think what's occurred is with all the uh, uh, medical protocols that are getting in place, trying to make uh, practice safer, trying to make the game safer. And, you know, everybody understands that uh, contact is part of the game. But, you know, a lot of contact in practice uh, you know, uh, you know, in the morning, in the afternoon, every day, you know, has its effect. So, you know, part of that is that medically, uh, you know, they're uh, looking at trying to minimize contact so that you do get ready to play, but you don't uh, hurt each other through it. Your thoughts on this CFL season upcoming uh, with the 14-game schedule? I know how close you are to the scene, Wally. I mean, here's hoping the players follow all the rules the health and safety protocols and we get through it and we have a great cup played in December, <laughs> right? It's, there's, it's, there's a long list that these guys got to follow and it, it is what it is, um, but let's just assume, assume everything goes great. How much are you looking forward to seeing the, the fellows back on the field? Well, you know what? I was really pleased when, uh, you know, I read that uh, the governor has voted to uh, move forward with the season, even if it was 14 games. Uh, you know, out of sight, out of mind is not a good thing. And, you know, the CFL was one of the few teams, excuse me, one of the, the only leagues that didn't play last year in North America. And, you know, it's uh, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for the uh, fans. It's not good for the players. It's not good for the coaches. It's not good for the economy. So, you know, the uh, moving forward was great. Uh, the fact that the Canada has done such a great job in the last say six weeks to two months as far as the, the vaccine, you know, I think gives everybody a tremendous hope that uh, the stands will be full and people want to get out. Uh, you know, my son has a restaurant in Gibson and, uh, you know, right now people want to get out. They want to go out for dinner and they want to enjoy themselves again. And this is a great opportunity to do that. You know, I was on a show out of the States last week and they said, how come we haven't heard any XFL, CFL talk of late? And I said, because they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> they want to get this season with nine teams kicked off. And, but we're going to hear it again, Wally. And I have not had the chance to talk to you about it specifically. I heard your comments on Ottawa Radio. Where do you think we're going with this once we get this 2021 season out of the way? Well, you know what? I, I don't know where we're going, but I, I think, you know, anywhere and any time you can uh, grow your game and grow your revenues, you have to sit down and visit. You know, whether it's a good solution or not, uh, you don't know till after the fact. So, you know, I, I uh, you know, I, I'm in favor of this. Get your conversations, get your meetings in, uh, see what everybody wants, see what everybody can do for each other. I mean, both leagues uh, in some ways, I believe, can help each other. But, uh, you know, if it's at the end of the day, uh, it's not a good deal for the CFL, then I would hope that the league would be smart enough just to leave things be. But if it's something that uh, long-term can make the CFL stronger, can make it more exposed and healthier, uh, you know, why not uh, look at it? My last one for you on this is, am I completely out to lunch and thinking we could just have like the U.S. expansion era from the 90s here now where 
we have a ratio for the Canadian teams, but not the American teams. Because Leo Ezrin sent me the numbers. The Canadian teams were all-time 500 against the U.S. teams that had no Canadians on their rosters. Could, could that happen, do you think? Well, you know, Rod, whatever happens is going to happen. But I, I think when, if you look at the 93, the 94, the 95 expansions, uh, there was some uh, markets and some cities that had tremendous support uh, in the States. Uh, the games were competitive, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, and, and that's just football. You know, you got to line up and you got to play. I mean, you talk about the Montreal Canadiens. If the book, uh, if the bookies had uh, made uh, a line on who was going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm not sure Montreal would have been there because uh, their roster is not as good. They've <clears throat> got a lot of good young players, but at the end of it. Uh, you know, you play the sport because a lot of things could happen, as you said about uh, Fleury's, you know, big mistake. Those things happen, changes the complexion of a whole series. You know, so the fact that you have rosters, hey, you got the 44 BC Lions, you got 44 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They all wear the green and orange. And the way I always look at it, when you make the team, you're a Rough Rider, you're not a Canadian, you're not an American, you're a football player. Are you still a... a uh... Or were you ever a Habs fan? I assume you were growing up in Montreal. <laughs> well, honestly, I wasn't. Uh, I was a Frank Mahovlich fan. And um, I can remember wow. uh, cheering the Toronto Maple Leafs in the 60s. And I was so upset when the uh, Punch in Black traded uh, Frank Mahovlich to Montreal that I became a Canadians fan. Okay. And so I cheered for the Canadians uh, after the trade. And, uh, you know, obviously being from Montreal, playing there as a player, you know, there's a lot of connection, you know, with the other pro teams, whether it was the Expos or the Canadians or the soccer team, you know, so you, you become a part of it and, uh, you know, you cheer for them. And uh, obviously it was great to see uh, uh, how well they've been doing. And, uh, you know, the coach, you got to give the coach and the GM a lot of credit because they took a lot of uh, risk on a lot of these good young players. And, uh, you know, they, those guys have really come through for them. Well, isn't that something? Guys, how much time do we have? And two or three, two or three minutes. I apologize, Wally. I had my time screwed up. I'm just enjoying this yeah, no so problem. much. Well, just you say that you became a fan because of a player. You get it. We cheer for the players. <laughs> That's what it is, right? You get it. And we had Arlen. We had Arlen Bruce on a couple weeks ago, and I said to him, "Yeah, Arlen, yeah, you, yeah. One of my favorite guys. <laughs> everybody says that. Him and Tad Cornegay came in. You guys were rowing five, and we still say." That turned around the season, and of course, Arlen and Tad don't argue that. Was it as simple as 2011, you signing or acquiring those two guys turned your season around? Because that's the feeling out there in the CFL. Well, two things. One, Arlen Bruce balanced the field. Uh, you know, when we didn't have Arlen Bruce, everybody doubled, tripled G. Roy Simon. You know, so the defense could always lean to whatever side of the field he was on. And when we got Arlen in, you know, the, the defense had to play a straight up, which again, uh, made it way, way more difficult for us. And, you know, Ar Arlen had a personality that, you know, fit in well with the club. Uh, Tad was a kind of a glue uh, for the secondary. You know, he uh, came in, was a veteran. Everybody liked him. Uh, you know, he was a good team guy. And, you know, the chemistry just started to happen. And uh, as you see with the Canadians, it's all about chemistry and confidence. And, uh, you know, when you make and, and the pros, you're a good athlete, you're a good hockey player, football player. Uh, what makes a difference is all the other things that you never see, the 
you know, it's, it's like Gallagher picking up the puck, you know, for the young guy. Uh, you know, why why would a veteran do that? Because he cares about him, and uh, you know that that's very obvious. Awesome stuff, Wally. Always a pleasure. Uh, great to chat with you. Hopefully, we can do it again soon here and talk some CFL ball and, and some actual games. Well, thank you very much, and I'm excited about the CFL because uh, when you look right now across the league, uh, every team has a great quarterback. Uh, you know, the teams all have great coaching staffs, and you know, I think the advantage is going to go to the teams that have uh, the coaching staffs that have been there for a number of years, and where the players and the coaches understand the system. Uh, you know, training camp, as we know, is going to be a little disruptive. Uh, there's no preseason, so. Uh, you know, I, I think those two things are going to help the, those clubs, I hope, uh, you know, do well because uh, continuity is important and you got to have your quarterback, uh, you know, pretty comfortable with the system. And uh, if you have that, you usually have a pretty good team. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, Wally. Have a great summer. Appreciate it, guys, always. And uh, have right. a good show. And uh, God bless you guys. Same to you. The great Wally Buono. The best. The best. We'll be right back. It's a Flame Tech Football Friday. You're watching on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com.